Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, you're listening to The Balance Podcast with me, Fiona Bugler, a well-being and health journalist with a passion for living better. Each episode, I speak to inspiring people from all walks of life who share their stories and journeys about living well, and I find out more about what motivates and inspires them. In doing so, we hope to share some nuggets, takeaways and thoughts and ideas that will resonate with you. When you listen to these stories, we want you to go away with an action point or a thinking point to help you live your life a little better. Mark Livings is the CEO co-founder of Liars, an exciting and fast-growing startup who produced the most awarded non-alcoholic spirits range. Yes, that's right, non-alcoholic spirits. Mark is a multi-award winning serial entrepreneur who, at just 41, is already behind the launch of five multi-million pound businesses. And with Liars, it seems he's onto something, as more and more of us are taking a break from alcohol and attempt to live a healthier life. Okay, Mark, great to talk to you. And I, you're in Amsterdam today, and um, it's it's nice that we can do this across the Zoom waves. Um, I'm just amazed about your success with Lies. What, what a story. Um, can you tell me about the journey so far? Yeah, love to. And look, great to be with you, Fiona. Thank you for having me on, on, on the podcast. And yeah, look, our uh, I'm actually, yes, you're right, I am in Amsterdam. It's been a bit of a story, but um, I'll actually be in the UK later tonight. So um, heading over, we're up for a couple of awards, um, startup of the year, uh, and I'm up for uh, Entrepreneur of the Year uh, with the Grocer, which will be lovely tomorrow night. First time I've worn a tuxedo in a number of years, I think. So it should be should be a wonderful evening. Amazing. More awards. Yeah, more <laughs> you awards. have room on your shelves. <laughs> That's it. Might need some new shelves. Um, not to sound, you know, entirely hyperbolic at all. But, yeah, we've we've had an excellent run and we're delighted with the recognition that our company's getting. But, um, yes, as you mentioned in your introduction, we are the world's uh, largest and most awarded range of non-alcoholic spirits. Um, we are a British company. We decided to found our business in the UK. It's actually easier to raise capital in the UK than Australia. You can probably hear it in my accent that I'm Australian. Um, but yes, during the pandemic, the uh, of course, the borders came crashing close. And the only way for us to keep the uh, business continuing to develop was to land someone onto the continent here. So um, I put my hand up and moved across to Amsterdam. And I've been here since July of, of wow. last year. So yeah, a little bit over a year now. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, you, you've had a very successful mm. journey so far. You know, your your, value, your company's value is at 100 million, as we said in the introduction. But, um, you know, you, you're a high highly high level person you're you're operating at I'd imagine you're delivering your dynamic you have to have a lot of energy so as we balance is all about well-being I'd, I'd be interested to know about your own well-being and lifestyle 
and how you support yourself and you know to achieve what you have done as an entrepreneur yeah look Fiona I've uh, I've got a number of things that I do do um, and I'm sad to say you know I've, I've flown a little too close to the sun on more than one occasion and it's a it's a bit of a, a nature of you know the societies that we're brought up in and the expectations that are on some of our shoulders be it parents or school teachers or community or society um, and we often push ourselves uh, a little too hard. And mm. as you mentioned, I'm 41 years old and I think I'm starting to get just the right amount of grey hair to see how um, how foolish that is and how it actually ruins your productivity across the longer term um, rather than helping you, you know, drive a business forward. And, yeah. yes, you can get these small bursts of activity if you really push yourself, but... Um, and the whole your raison d'etre for this podcast, of course, is balance. And one of the things that I've certainly learned is that um, a life of success in business must come with balance. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, both the success and the life component are going to be relatively short lived. Um, so, more recently, um, in you know, the last five years, I've begun to understand the importance of human movement. I've always, I've always exercised and, and so on, but um, for periods there and when we were beginning Liars, um, I was travelling around 230 days of the year flying internationally wow. away from home. That's tough. I did that for a, yeah, it was. It was pretty crazy, um, but I did that for a, a pretty consistent two to two and a half years just getting the business set up. And, look, we've got the... We've got the uh, accolades and the, the business success to show that maybe that was worth it. We're available now in 52 different countries. And for a business a little over two years old, that's an incredible statistic. Um, but it came at an enormous personal cost. And, um, you know, I found myself flirting with burnout on more than one occasion. And finding that balance again was critical. And, yeah. you know, whilst we're delivering a product that helps people have a balanced life, it's somewhat ironic and a little bit tragic that, you know, one of the founders has, has not managed to get that right the whole way through. But I'm very happy to talk about it and potentially point out some of the potholes whilst travelling at speed that other people looking to achieve similar things to what I've achieved in my career or what Lias has achieved in the consumer products category yeah. no, might exactly. fall into. So, yeah, the importance of exercise um, the importance of taking a break, particularly when your body needs it. And if you asked 20-year-old Mark 20 years ago, um, what's a mental health day? You know, mm -hmm. what's a what's a what's a walk in the middle of the day that you just need to take to get away from the office and, and clear the fog in your mind? I probably would have described that as as weak or mm -hmm. as not professional uh, or as not a team player. And um, look, my own journey to balance has been one of learning. And I think there's so much more awareness out there that I'm, I'm very envious of the next wave and next generation of professionals coming through that have this incredible canon of work and have these, this great understanding of guardrails around, you know, yes, human achievement and all these things you want to do in your life are worth striving for, but you cannot burn the candle consistently at both ends. There will, there will be a price to pay at some point. Absolutely. So, yeah, those are my learnings along the well, way. Well, really interesting and, and you know, valuable learnings. And, of course, um, you know, your your company sells non-alcoholic options and spirits. And, I mean, of course, many people in their burnouts and working the way you were working, the first thing you turn to is alcohol. I mean, yeah. is that something you notice? I mean, do you drink yourself? Do you drink alcohol? Yeah, I do. Um, and I'm, I'm always very public about that. A lot of people ask me about it. But I'm really similar to the vast majority of people that find their way into our category. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we first started this out, we thought, look, here's a great opportunity. We're consumer products experts. We see this yeah, reduction absolutely. in alcohol. We had a great deal of empathy around, you know, we, we're all reducing consumption in our lives because it's impacting us personally and professionally. Um, and wouldn't it be nice if? And then there's that moment where some people take action on the on the if. Well, if something's going to happen, I'm going to do something about it. And, you know, we had the skills and the resources and the know-how to make it all happen. But um, when we first started, we thought it would be, you know, high-performing people, pregnant women, the religiously and ethnically abstinent. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe people in recovery, we thought that there may be a role to play for these beverages in addiction. And we were so wrong on all of those fronts. Yeah, um, yeah it's a big movement. We like to... It's it's such an incredible thing. And look, we like to say at Liars, our drinkers are drinkers. Mm-hmm. And it's really exploded the the market for these options. And it's everyday people, anyone who's becoming mindful or anyone starting, who's starting to become health conscious. Yeah. One of the things after they've given up tobacco and started moving their body and getting enough sleep, they often start to look at their diet. And um, there's an increasing body of evidence that, you know, alcohol consistently and in high levels um, or occasionally at binge levels is incredibly damaging um, to your physiology. So I think with that increasing awareness and the, the way that humanity is starting to live in a more mindful fashion, We've seen our market expand considerably away from that that core heartland consumer that we suspected was there at the beginning. Yeah. And we now have a category that's being very rapidly adopted by the mainstream. And it's a really exciting time to be at the helm of the business. I bet it is because, I mean, you know, I I, I personally have an interest because, you know, I'm a runner and I take time out from booze, you know, and I've read books about alcohol and stuff. And I'm really interested in, you know, the grey area drinker which are people who aren't, yeah. you know, they're not kind of pouring vodka on the cornflakes, but they they do have got into bad habits. And mm. it's very, very common, particularly in the UK, I think more than anywhere else, to, yeah. you know, self-medicate with alcohol when things are stressful. So a lot of people take healthy breaks and there's, you know, 90-day challenges and, and what have you. Um, I mean, do you, is that part of what you, you know, you, you do, I've seen on your website, you've got the break, booze break thing going on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Do you see that yeah. as a good idea for somebody who, who thinks I'm not going to stop completely? But you yeah, know, for sure. Exactly. And look, that's one of the big misconceptions about you know the reduction in alcohol in the the entire population. We think it's a gradual, slow decline of people, you know, instead of drinking three glasses a night, they move to two. Yeah. The reality yeah. is that we're seeing is people will cadence in and out of the category. So when they are drinking, um, and, you know, I'm, as mentioned before, I'm one of those people. I do still enjoy yeah. alcohol from time to time. Yeah. But I'm, I'm currently doing Sober October with yeah. my team. Uh, we've yeah, all yeah, resolved to do it together. <laughs> <laughs> and what's really interesting is this is the normal um, way that people approach this category. Not everyone, but a big yeah. chunk of people. So often they find their way into this category when they're doing a dry month. And that will be because they're running a marathon or because they're joining their workmates in sober October or they're joining now the one in four people it was this year that did dry January in the United Kingdom and Ireland. And what we know is that towards the end of those four weeks, people stick around and go, I'm feeling so good. Mm -hmm. I'm sleeping through the night. Um, I'm clear-headed. I have more energy. I'm going to keep this thing going. And we've heard it time and time again that people feel so good at the end of their first sober month that they will often continue it for another two weeks or four weeks or sometimes people take it permanently 
Or people will go back to drinking and go, actually, I'm starting to feel uh, a little bit poorly. Um, I'm going to jump back in and do another sober month. So before you know it, if someone's jumped out of the alcohol category three times a year for a month each time, they've reduced their alcohol consumption by 25%. Now, globally, last year, we saw a decline of 6% in total alcohol in terms of litres of ethanol served to the world. Wow. So this trend, it's amazing. It's a big fact, isn't it? That's interesting. It's a huge statistic. And what it it says to me is that, you know, this trend towards mindfulness, this trend towards balance transcends international borders Mm -hmm. and cultures and it transcends uh, age groups it transcends income brackets as well so it's really a true what we call a macro trend that's that's really catching fire in all parts of the world yeah absolutely and I mean I think what you're saying about mindfulness is is spot on it's um about you know all these habits that we have that may not be so good for us being conscious of them and of course, your beautifully presented bottles and everything do provide a really nice way of kind of, you know, if you have to share the habit with other people or you just like the idea of having a nice drink, I guess, you've managed to master that. It's, um, I mean, it'd be nice to see workplaces, for example, you know, and the non-drinkers not getting their horrible warm orange juice in a plastic yeah. cup. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and look, we've we've all been we've we've all been that person. I think that someone standing there very awkwardly with a diet coke while everyone else has a pint, um, yeah. or you know the orange juice, the infamous orange juice, while everyone yeah. else has a a glass of champagne or something similar. Yeah. But the big insight for us when we started this is one of the things that we're selling. It's it's not just a delicious range of beverages that work like and taste like the alcohol originals. Yeah. We're also selling a little bit of what we call social camouflage, a little, yeah. you know, relief from anxiety. It's like I can have a product, I can have something in my hand that for all intents and purposes looks and smells and tastes like an original and yeah. I'm the only one that needs to know if that's what I want, I'm the only one that needs to know that I'm not joining in in the consumption of alcohol. Yeah. So that's it's a really powerful thing that we're we're helping people, you know, feel part of their workplaces, feel part of their social groups or otherwise. And I think this follows a really familiar pattern. And if you cast your mind back to when, you know, the world was flirting with vegetarianism yeah, and veganism. And I I was a vegetarian for about 12 years in my 20s um, and early 30s. And, you know, it used to be the, you know, you'd sit down at the restaurant and go, oh, my God, here we go again. I'm a vegetarian. The waiter would roll their eyes, much like the bartender these days rolls their eyes. And they go off and they bring back the separate menu. And inevitably it's got the same three things on it. You know, it's a a Pomodoro spaghetti, it's a veggie stack, or it's uh, an omelette or something like that. And the same has been true of non-alcoholic beverages for people who elect not to drink. It's been Mm -hmm. these sugary sweet mocktails, a Diet Coke or a club soda since the beginning of time. And... We're now seeing non-alcoholic move into a separate area of a menu, um, and which happened with vegetarianism. There would be the menu and then there'd be vegetarian options in a separate section. But you fast forward to 2021 and there's vegetarian and vegan options just in the menu, sitting alongside the porterhouse steak and the whole roast chicken. There's the, you know, the eggplant tagine there looking very happily you yeah, know, available to be ordered, not just by the people who are electing to opt out of animal proteins, but 
general public as well. And I certainly think that that's the direction that the beverage category is going to head in with regards to sophisticated beverages and beverages of celebration over time. The non-alcoholic options will just be there and they'll be enjoyed by everyone. I guess one of the questions that springs to mind is um, if um, like if I was to have a gin and tonic, well, not, not I, but if people have gin and tonics, they might end up having six in a night, for example. But it's not mm-hmm. because they, it tastes nice. <laughs> and it's not, you know, it, it doesn't. It's pure and simple because it makes them feel, you know, that you get the effects of alcohol. With your drinks, I guess you don't want quite as many, do you? Does that is that a problem you have to think about as a business? Yeah, look, it's it's an interesting one, and and look, you'd be surprised. You know, a lot of people adore the taste of alcohol, not 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 so much the ethanol component, but the complex flavors and the ability to mix and match them. And it's really only in alcohol recently, up until modern history, that we've been able to find these delicious bitter flavors that we seem to crave. And um, you know, tonic, quinine, and chinchona, and and the like. They're all they're all wonderful bittering compounds that have typically lived in ethanol. And we can now, of course, present them in non-alcoholic uh, options as well. But so one of the things is people do enjoy that taste, particularly if they have drunk before. Yeah. Um, there's some kind of hard wiring in someone's system that says this flavour, this vessel, this environment and these people demarcate the end of my workday. Yeah. Or this is a moment of celebration and there happens to be a beverage at the centre of it. And for us, the power of our brand and the power of the products that we offer is people can slide in a frictionless way in between a serve that they like and a flavoured profile that they like and have it with or without alcohol. So the flavour piece is really, really important and we know from our research that's what people look for. Yeah. And then, of course, the second thing is, um, you know, the, the, the moment of sophistication. You don't celebrate an amazing win with your colleagues over orange juice. It's, yeah. you know, that that moment belongs to champagne or if, you know, if yeah. you're in the blokey banking industry or construction industry, it might be a round of old fashions as well. So mm-hmm. we don't need to lose those moments which have become cornerstones of human connection. We can yeah. still keep them. And if the bars and hospitality sector adapt, they can still be the ones to serve those things to us in their beautiful architecturally designed environments. Yeah. They still have relevance. Um, so, you know, I think that beverage that sits at the middle of that moment of celebration or moment of human connection is starting to evolve. And yeah. um, non-alcoholic beer, wine and spirits are, are, are playing a, a very large part of it. I know. I think I need to invest in this somehow, get someone to tell me how to do that. <laughs> it just seems to be the obvious thing. I mean, do you, can you see, I, I sort of wonder, will there ever be a time where there be like, a liar's bar in the centre of like Piccadilly or something where you just go in and it's just non-alcohol or does it need to sit alongside alcohol as just for the experience? Yeah, look, it's, it's, I'm asked that question a lot as well. And look, for me, I don't want to compete with the hospitality sector. We want to be of service to the hospitality sector. And look, there's a reason our products and I'm sure this will be an audio recording, but Fanny, you can see them behind me here on the video here. Yeah, you have to tell me about them all in a sec. So, look, they're all designed to be to look like the alcoholic originals. I'm just going to grab our American malt, which is our homage to bourbon. Wow. Um, And, look, they're designed to look like they belong on the back of the bar. We didn't want people going into a bar asking for a non-alcoholic martini or a non-alcoholic old-fashioned. And then they go and get a weird-looking bottle. Um, And everyone in the bar can see, hey, this person, they're they're not drinking. We wanted people to be able to say, hey, I'm not drinking proudly and openly or not. We wanted it to be their choice and empower that choice. So here's our our little uh, 
I love uh, the I love the little animals you have on there. <laughs> Thank you. What what's, he, what's that little thing? He's a this is uh so this is on the front bear. of this one. It's a it's a North American black bear. So um, we've got the range of fourteen. So uh, the animals on the front of the packs come from the the providence of the original spirit. So oh, our, our gin, of course, has a London pigeon, the iconic London animal. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> and we've got the uh, North American black bear for the bourbon, and we've got like a Italian fox for our amaretto, for example. But the reason it's called Liars, um, it's named after the Australian lyrebird which you can see on the top of our bottles here. Okay. And it's nature's greatest mimic. It's really unique. It's part oh, of the people yeah. family. It's beautiful, but it can reproduce the bird song of any other thing, any other bird that it hears. Oh, what a brilliant idea. So, I love that. So for something that's a, a, a business that's based on, based on paying homage to alcoholic originals in non-alcoholic format, yeah. I and myself, my co-founder Carl, we're Australian, so we thought, what better animal? And of course, you shorten Liarbird, you get liars. And we love the fact that someone can have a cheeky little secret with their bartender and say, oh, "Hey, yeah. I'd like a Manhattan, but make it a liars." Oh, and only cool. they and the bartender need to know about. And how it. many people want that? Because you know, if you if you're under pressure to go for work drinks, for example, you know, you kind of think, "I've got to get up early and do a meeting. I've got this. I've got that. I've got the kids." But you want to fit in. I mean, if you can sneakily have have a liars and say, "Yeah, cheers, enjoy this, <laughs> that's it. I think that's great. For yeah. sure. And look, if you're pregnant and you don't want to tell your colleagues yet, or um, yeah. you, know, you could be you could be a practicing Muslim and you're out with a whole bunch of you know Anglo Christians in you know the UK, uh, yeah. you want to still be part of that post work moment of connection or that post, yeah. you know, might get a big deal and you know you might want to be part of that celebration. That's what we're there for, and that's who we're there to serve. I mean, it is interesting that, I mean, I think it's great. What a brilliant product and, and a great idea. But isn't it interesting that it's the one thing that if you decide you just want to have a break from alcohol, if you stop drinking, that people will will kind of interrogate you and say, why? Whereas if you give up yeah. smoking or something, people say, you know, well done you. Exactly. Look, I, honestly, Fiona, I think it's a matter of time. It's yes, um, yeah. And much like vegetarianism, much like smoking, Yes. People who are electing to be more mindful with regards to, you know, what they imbibe, um, I think, you know, we're, we're going to get to a point where someone's just going to go, okay, no problem, yeah. and respect the choice rather than, you know, move into the uh, interrogation mode, which I've seen, and I have to be honest, I was probably part of in the early part of my oh, life. Oh, I think everyone so. has who's been in a bar. Yeah, with yeah it's, it's a thing. It's, when you stop having, when you have breaks yourself, you notice it. I've noticed it more, I think. And um, mm. you as a company, you will, I, this is a separate um, question altogether really from what you produce but you are a kind of forward-thinking modern way of work you know everything you've done you've come through the pandemic you're completely virtual so how do you mm-hmm. you know well-being is obviously important to you as, a, as yeah. an individual but how do, you, how do you kind of keep your well-being of your team and everyone who works for you in check when you're working that way yeah look Shana, it's such a great question and I don't think anyone's really got answers yet you know this is such a new way of working you know, having worked through the pandemic, we really put a lot of pressure on people who, you know, may be extroverts and need that office environment and that interpersonal connection in order to do what they do. For us, you know, we employ a lot of people that are sales or education focused. So we have a lot of brand ambassadors, we call them, that are there to consult to the trade, help them with menu design, show them how to use the product and articulate the importance of the category to venue profitability and satisfaction of people that come through the door. But, you know, when the when the pandemic first hit, they didn't have anyone to go and visit. So yeah, yeah. we had to get our thinking caps on and we thought, how do we save, you know, as these 
30 odd jobs at the time. And you know, there's over 60 of those people in our business now. But yeah, how do we save these 30 jobs? And you know, we said we got to thinking and we thought, look, the way that people are going to continue to use our brand is via e-commerce to buy the product and they'll use it in their homes. So yeah. let's turn every one of these people into a virtual trainer for people in their living room. And rather than going and training the head of beverage for the Ritz-Carlton, they're training Sharon and Terry in their lounge room via Zoom and taking them through Cocktail 101 and showing them how to get the the best out of their products. So that was a really nice thing we did during the pandemic to keep people that were very extroverted, continuing to connect with humans and it helped us save jobs. And also what a great thing to do because, I mean, the lot lockdown was a terrible time for people up in their boozy wasn't it absolutely but look there's there's been a number of uh, strategies and techniques I think kindness is super important and um, I'm delighted to see that in our business a lot of the time Um, we communicate a lot we are a startup and we're not very siloed everyone's connected to everyone else yeah which is really important and you know I think uh, the morale is really high and if somebody needs something, you know, they can typically ask and get it. Um, but, you know, there's, there's things I've seen other businesses do that I'm really inspired by that I'd like to start implementing, which is, you know, one Zoom free day a week, Yeah, um, I think is super important. Um, and there's something about communicating using this medium that seems to be a lot more fatiguing than a simple in, in, in-person interaction as well. So I don't know if it it's because we feel like we're on show for a lot yeah, there longer. There is research to support that, actually. I would believe it. Yeah. And um, and it might be the fact that we roll out of bed, coffee in hand, eyes still blurry, we jump straight into the workplace then rather than yeah. having the on-ramp and the off-ramp of a commute or yeah. something similar to that into the day. So, yeah, this, this all needs a lot of thought. It needs a lot of study. And mm. most importantly, this needs a lot of kindness and humanity as we adjust to this way of working. Um, but I think for the most part, we've done a really good job. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean we can be complacent. We've got to keep revisiting this and making sure that you know people are optimal. And I think it's a highly, highly immoral workplace um, that asks any of their employees to sacrifice their mental health and physical well-being in order to achieve the objective as a company. Yeah. They must always be in balance together. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I guess for startups particularly, that can that can happen mm. because startups are under pressure all the time and uh, the change in direction and having to mm. respond and be reactive. So well done you for having it, having it in mind. And, and as you said, the whole purpose of the what you're trying to do with the drinking kind of thing is being more mindful. And I guess it's the same mm. for your business. So it's sure. it's exciting times for you guys. I, I mean, I'm, I hope you win your more awards tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What, yeah, what's me next, too, actually. After the award winning, have you got what's next? Do you think what's coming up? Any more? You've got 14 brands, 14 different types of spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, uh, we're launching five RTD products into the UK uh, this week. Um, oh. So a range of, you know, pre made non alcoholic cocktails in a can. Oh, wow. Um, perfect. Yeah, perfect for being on the go. Um, on the I'm train just, <laughs> on the train <laughs> or more so at picnics or just pulling them out of the fridge at the end yeah. of a long day 
Um, look, we're, like I said, we're in 52 countries now. We'll be you know, over 60 by the end of the year and um, should be in about 100 by the end of next year. And uh, I think we're listed in 52 major retailers, but there's a big universe out there that needs you know, our product on shelf. And one of our objectives as a business is to have a bottle of liars behind every bar in the world. So Fantastic. that's our mission and North Star and Look, I'll leave you with this. We're selling a bottle of lives at the moment every 30 seconds. Wow. Consistently, 24-7 around the world. So we're well on our way, but um, this is still such an, a, what we call a nascent category. Um, and a recent um, sort of piece of market research we did shows us that it's still only really one in five people know that non-alcoholic spirits even exist. So... Wow. We have a huge job around raising awareness that these alternatives are out there for yeah. people and they represent a mindful choice for them if, to help them achieve whatever their personal goal is or help them achieve that balance as they continue to try and reconcile, you know, successes in career, you know, humanity through the family and, mm-hmm. um, you know, bit kindness to themselves in a personal capacity as well. So hopefully we have a part to play for some people in the pursuit of that. I'm sure you will. And all I can left to say for me is um, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> we like to say libations. So thank you, Fiona. Thank it's you been very a real much. delight to chat to you. And, it's brilliant um, to talk to you, yeah. too. I'm really looking forward to seeing, having my first liars in, in a nice bar in London somewhere. Well, enjoy, Fiona. Thank and you. it's been a real delight. Brilliant. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.